0: inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran.
1: I am so pleased to be reconnected with my guest today. I met Wayne Crew over 12 years ago while Wayne was the director of the Construction Industry Institute, the renowned research center based at the University of Texas at Austin. At the time, I served as an executive leadership at the Construction Management Association of America. I worked closely with Wayne and his team during the conversations that led to the formation of an important strategic alliance relationship between CMAA and CII. While at CII, Wayne was elected to the National Academy, specifically in 2010, and recognized for his leadership in growing industry wide awareness and understanding of the societal and business value of construction best practices development and deployment. Following his tenure at CII, went on to serve as the president and CEO of the National Academy of Construction, where he retired from that organization at the end of 2022, just last year. Wayne has over 50 years of experience in engineering and construction industry and has worked for both owner and contractor firms, as well as in research. Early in his career, he served in project management and engineering positions for two large owner companies, Amico Chemical Corporation and Michigan Chemical Corporation. Later, he served in executive positions at engineering giants TechNIP USA and KBR. His roles in research included serving as director of research at CII and, as I said earlier, and as their director. Wayne might say that one of his greatest accomplishments in life is meeting and marrying his wife, Ravana, nearly 50 years ago. It's my pleasure to welcome you, Wayne, to the Soft and Steel podcast.
2: Dennis, thank you. I'm honored to be here and looking forward to a good conversation with you.
1: And I have no doubt that's about what's to happen. You've been an important thought leader in various roles, the two most significant ones that I mentioned in your introduction, your leadership role at CII and your leadership in the National Academy. The National Academy leadership role, I want to touch on that as a kind of an opening item of our conversation. That organization recognizes some of the greatest minds and leaders in our industry and that sit in a variety of seats, have sat in a variety of seats for their careers. And this academy recognizes them for their accomplishments. Share with our audience what your view is of the most important type or category of accomplishments that many of these leaders have in common.
2: Great question, Dennis. So all of the members of the National Academy have significant careers and lifetime achievements. But in order to be nominated and then voted by the membership to become a new member of the academy, it, it's just not your achievements with your organization, right? So it's achievements with the industry, it's recognition by the industry of your leadership, not just in your organization but in the industry itself, and it's making those contributions. It's extension of what you do in your organization to the whole industry that we honor at the National Academy of Construction with membership in the academy.
1: Would you say that when you talk about their accomplishments beyond just their leadership and involvement in the organizations they are associated with currently or have been most recently, those accomplishments are related to the technical aspects of the building industry, or are they related more to aspects of the building industry that deal with the people in the industry?
2: Well, I think it's both, right? So, if I think of Ted Kennedy, who was, uh, as you know, the past president CEO of BE&K and, and one of the charter members of the academy he was known as a champion of innovation, so could be on the technical side, but also known for his commitment to people, his integrity and ethics, his generosity, lifetime of leadership in the industry. So I would say, Dennis, that it can be both and probably is both Yeah, when you think about it.
1: Yeah, and I and I would agree. That's a that's a good answer. Um, I do want to try to cull out of it that as as you know, I know you've you know you've uh, maintained your connection even these in these first six months of retirement, but uh while you were still at the academies at the time when I published my book, uh Soft as Steel. Uh, I've been on, you know, I've been on the podium talking about uh, the issues and the, and the and the opportunities associated with people in our industry. Uh, so when you talked about some of Ted's qualities, uh, you in fact mentioned uh, several what I would describe as being his soft skills, um, uh, and obviously uh, you know, talking about his great leadership uh, has many implications. Um, so as you look again, let's see, we're staying with this sample of, uh, of uh, excellence uh, in the academy membership when you look at these these individuals um they they were all in their in their own in their own way uh great leaders um, so you, d- you did a terrific job of uh, enunciating several uh qualities that Ted possessed uh as again i'm going to ask you to look back over uh, you know, a selection of those folks. Let's say a random selection of those folks, and 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 share if you can what you think some of their as leaders, uh, some of their the greatest uh, 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 characteristics that they possessed in common. What what made them great leaders?
2: Well, I, I think Dennis, um, we'll start with integrity and ethics, right. Um, and if I think of, of others in the Academy, Dave Nash, uh, Dominic Servidio, Tom Gilbane, uh, incredibly um, upfront, and in, in, I, I just—I mean—I've been blessed to be associated with them, uh, and and have them as examples of of what integrity and ethics is. Um, when I think of of them, I think of their commitment to people. So I think of Jimmy Slaughter at, at S and B Engineering and Construction. I think of John Kennedy, John Kennedy. I'm sorry, John Zachary at, at Zachary Group, and and their commitment to people and their commitment to safety. Um, I think of their work over the course of a lifetime. So it's it's been a consistent uh, focus on. On excellence and a consistent focus on their people, and I, I look at their generosity with with, oftentimes both not just their money because it's it's can be pretty easy to write a check, uh, but but uh, with their time and their effort, uh, and and the same of their organization, and and I I just I think you you have you sum all of that up, and and it just makes makes an incredible leader uh in a, in a, the design and construction industry and and again let me say how blessed I am to uh have been able to work with uh this group of of incredible people
1: yeah well and again I say this uh, cuz I think it's it's a factual uh Consideration that is that they would say the same about you, each and every one of them, and all the many people you've met uh, during your long career in our industry. Let me just let me. uh, I'm just. I'm I'm trying to navigate uh, a bit. Um, Let's talk for a a little bit about uh, the. You know, again, you're you're just away from the industry for just a few months, if you want to say you're away from it. Uh, But I'm sure in many ways you're still you're still connected, maybe maybe in ways that aren't so obvious. because again, the nature of your last two roles in the industry, uh, I would think it's it's almost impossible for you not to maintain a level of interest and curiosity in, in what's going on in the industry now, today, and as, as we go forward. So, in, in, in that from that perspective, what 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 do you think are the 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 several uh, uh, greatest challenges? Uh, that we are facing as a construction industry here and in, in the middle of 2023, and looking forward.
2: So, I think um, I think probably our greatest challenges are people, Dennis. We have. Well, I re- I've read one report that says we'll be, we, the industry, design and construction, will be over half a million people short in, in. 2023. So here we are, halfway through 2023, and and I don't know whether that's manifested itself or not exactly, but but I know that you know when I started in the industry 50 years ago, um, alloy welders was the big shortage in the trades, and then we moved from alloy welders to welders uh, in general, and then and now we've moved not only from alloy welders and welders, but electricians and millwrights and we go down the list and we even include uh, helpers and laborers in our, in our industry and in shortages. And so I think it's, you know, we've always been a people industry. I think we'll, we will always be a people industry, even as we bring more and more technology into the industry uh, to improve the Productivity to to improve the speed uh, of our industry. It's it's still going to be a people industry, and so when I think about the people, um, you know, I, I look at myself. I, I just retired, but you know, over twenty percent of the people in our industry today are are over fifty five years of age, over forty five of the people in our industry are over 45 years of age. And you look at the demographics of just the country and we're no longer, our birth rates are no longer uh, giving us even replacement rates um, for our population. And so uh, I think about the challenge of people and I think about the challenge of, of our industry, which is hard work uh, it can, you know, if you're here in Texas, you're working in 103 or 104 degrees today. Uh, so it, it's hard. It's it's hot. Um, we have the we as a construction industry have the the biggest uh, number of fatalities uh, in our industry or or in the workplace every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Lots of people think it's deadly now we've improved that so much since I came into the industry uh fifty years ago um, and then you look at at people you know projects who don't seem to be built uh, close to your house so so you're gonna you're gonna travel even engineering people um you know get on airplanes and travel to projects um so, so you're away from home. You're away from your community. Uh, you miss your family. Um, you know, it's it's not an easy business to be in. And so, I think um, people, if I had to say, and and the uh, impacts of our industry on those people are probably the biggest, and the second biggest, and the third biggest. Uh, issue in our industry.
1: I, I I would have to say that I would have been surprised if you had said anything else. Uh, frankly, I think because uh, I, I I agree wholeheartedly. You know, with that thought in mind, we're also we're also aware. We read articles on a regular basis uh, regarding issues associated with diversity, uh, issues associated with mental health, uh, with uh, with abuse of opioids. Uh, suicide, addiction—none uh, n- n- of those are fun, humorous topics. But they're all part of the of the of what we're facing now, and have been facing for some time. Um, but it isn't getting any better. Uh, again, uh, a, a good mutual uh, friend of ours, Teresa Magnus. Uh, you know, has uh, you know has 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 added a whole other line of of interest from a from a from a from a curiosity, uh, a research, and and hopefully then a, a deployment standpoint. And that has to do with mental wellness. Um, I mean, you described correctly. Uh, this is a tough. This is a tough business. Uh, even in the in the, the lightest uh, segments of our industry, uh, it it, uh, it wears on a person's knees and their joints and their back, um, and so with with all you know all of these elements uh, that you t- that you touched on or implied, um, w- what what would you what what would you say to 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 the leaders of today? And I'm talking to now about the individuals who are not just in that 55 percent that are over 55. That's an alarming number. Uh, for sure, and you, and, and you also correctly indicated the fact that we're not even at the birthright level, replacing uh, uh, human beings at a sufficient rate to, to to feed into the pipeline. So, what are what should leaders be doing today to try to do everything they can to attract as many possible uh, entrants into industry as they can, and perhaps more importantly, take care of the ones that are already here.
2: That's a that's another great question, and and so, I I guess what I would do is is to, to answer that question is maybe point point you to somebody like Ross Myers, who's the CEO of Allen Myers. Ross, Ross is is one of the first people in the industry that I know that identified mental wellness as an issue, and and identified that the the suicide rate among uh, our industry is five times our fatality rate, uh, so so we lose uh, existing workers, uh, you know, on the rate of some five thousand people a year uh, to suicide. Um, and and Alan has has challenged other industry leaders, so it it could be Gilbane, it could be Key uh, it could be the leaders of Turner um to look at at mental wellness and they've been looking at it they've they've started to um, and many of the the leading companies now uh are are on campaigns to make. Um, mental wellness an issue to make employee assistance programs available to all employees. So it's not just the home office, uh, but it's, it's the construction force. It's the trades. Um, And, and so we've started down that path, right? Um, I think, I think it's the right path. If you, again, if you look at S and B, Engineering and construction—they have a—they they have a whole employee program, like W H O L E. So, so it's looking at the mental wellness, the the physical wellness of their workforce, looking at at individuals holistically, and and working with them and providing them the resources that that uh, can sustain them. Um, so, if you look at it. Um, we've gotten a great start, and and the leaders, the, the the incredible leaders in our industry, have have picked that up and are moving it forward and and are spreading it. Um, I'd, I'd go, I'd ask you to go back to Teresa's podcast, um, which just dropped today, and and she'll speak to you about entering the industry. I don't know. I want to say twenty seven or twenty eight years ago. Well. You know, I entered the industry 50 years ago, 51 years ago, um, last month in June, and and we had no, uh, no requirements to wear hard hats. We had no requirements to wear safety glasses. We were starting to talk about those things. We had no requirements for fall protection. We had no requirements for lockout, tagout. We had no requirements for confined space. And so, so all of the things that have transpired um, to really make our industry safer and safer and safer. So if you look at recordable incident rates over over the last, I don't know, um, I want to say 30 years that, that we've been recording them, they've come down significantly. If the, the CII data shows the recordable incident rates coming down from 14 plus to the, to the leaders today are, you know, 0.2, 0.3. So uh, we see the same thing in, in the days away and restricted cases. And we even see the same in fatalities, but they they've been coming down and down and down huge improvements in, in safety. Uh, And I think over time, as a result of our industry being as fragmented and diverse as it is, uh, we'll see the, the mental wellness coming down, too, or, or improving. But it's taking the leaders of, that are doing it today, again, the Tom Gilbaines, the Ross Myers, the Jimmy Slaughter's, to, to start it in their organization. And then, it, uh, as I said, in, in a diverse and fragmented industry, it grows slowly, but it, but it does grow.
1: I agree with you that uh, that, uh, that today's active leaders in our industry uh, are uh, are are engaged and uh, connected to these these issues and challenges that we're facing. Um, what I what I wonder is there is there enough of a uh, a synergy. Uh, among leaders in different companies and different segments of our industry uh, to, to elevate these issues to a sufficient level uh, so that everybody is learning about them, everybody is talking about them, and everybody, particularly leaders at all levels and organizations, are, are equipped to be able to, to help people whether it's a general wellness issue, whether it's specific to addiction uh to de- uh, the the f- depression anxiety the opioid crisis i i know you 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 know a good mutual friend of ours i believe is uh, is is cal Byers uh and and he speaks with great passion and authority with regards to the, uh, all these issues. Uh, and when you talk to people that are fully engaged in in the issues and challenges we're talking about, Wayne, you, you hear you hear different uh, assessments of how how well we're doing as an industry in addressing these uh, for the benefit of people in our industry, both for for the purpose of attracting them uh, and also retaining them and letting them grow through a career. Your thoughts?
2: I think the leading organizations and the leading companies in our industry are have started to address these issues head on but I think our industry is significantly fragmented and significantly diverse so we can go from a local framer for residential to an office, a general contractor for, for a building company to a a significant leader in the industrial segment to one that, that is multi-segmented. So when I think of somebody like a a Bechtel, who's, you know, uh, industry infrastructure, uh, some, those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. um, I see the leading and larger organizations, again, addressing, starting to address or addressing the issues um, head on. When I look at the smaller local and regional construction organizations, uh, again, the local framer or the local home builder, uh, as an example, I think. We're a long, long, long way away from them recognizing the issue and addressing the issue. Yeah. So, um, and I think it it takes our our industry again as large enough, it has enough enough barriers and and stuff again. I mentioned how fragmented it is that that it's even among the leaders and and the leading organizations. It's going to take. A long time for for them to uh for all of them to face the issue head on yeah but that would be my assessment dennis
1: yeah and i think that's a good one i i would dare say that we're looking at uh, at a timeline that, that will will cover a full generation yes yeah uh and we can also again it would be uh it wouldn't be too harsh to say that we we both know that our industry is is not uh is not known for its rapid pace of innovation and change. Um, True, uh, you know, and so we're we're fighting we're fighting the tide a little bit. Um, but again, it's it's uh, as as I talk to uh, to people in in different parts of the country, um, I think you're you're you, you pinpoint one aspect which is important, and that is for a lot of the trades, a lot of the subcontractors uh, are are smaller companies, uh, even even smaller family owned companies. Uh, That are very local in their nature. They may be regional, multi-market, but uh, but uh, you know, and in the finishing trades, which I have a lot of direct experience in through one of my client relationships, um, you know, their their signatory contractors, the, the the majority, if not the vast majority, are are small mom and pop shops. Um, and, uh, you know, a handful, they may keep, uh, they may keep, uh, 20 or 30 people busy uh, in peak, uh, and, uh, and, and lay most of them off in the wintertime or just hold on to 20 year round and just do what they can with 20 people. And that's their, that's their livelihood. Um, uh, so, so that, and that's another one of the things that makes us, you know, such a, in, in my, in my view, and this is just from my perch, it just, it, it makes it such a, a demanding challenge, uh, to try, to try to meet because we can do everything we can. I'm sure you, you continue to hear the lamenting about the, the, the implications of technology in the industry, you know, whether it's AI, uh, 4D design, robotics, uh, automation of this and that and whatever, uh, off-site construction of, of, uh, of buildings and then taking them and raising them on jobs. All these innovations and technology implications in our industry, some people just throw their hands up and say, you know what, this is bad. They're going to take our jobs. What's 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 right or wrong about that? They don't they don't have
2: to take our jobs. <laughs> they just have to fill the jobs of all. So, of I'm just the, trying to rile you up. People who are leaving <laughs> the industry, right? So, again, yeah, let me another report I read, or maybe it was the same report, indicated that next year will be the peak year for baby boomers leaving the industry, and that's 1,200 a day, 1,200 baby boomers a day leaving the industry. Mm-hmm. So all we have to do is make up have the technology make up for the the individuals leaving the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, technology, is my impression, has never really displaced people, right? And so when you think about technology and you can think about digital twins or you can think about AI, we might have AI as an example completing estimating takeoffs or something like that, or maybe in the arena of safety, identifying workplace hazards for us on particular projects. But it's not replaced people. It's just enabled us to do better and better work. And so I see... The technology that's coming down the road, and there is a lot of technology coming down the road again, whether it's robots or it's artificial intelligence or it's digital twins or those technologies will enable us to do better, and to meet the demands the the wants and the needs of society not displace our workforce, so that's how I see technology does
1: yeah. That's a very wise and sensible view and I agree with it. It also might provide the opportunity for us to put away the, for decades, the general plenary comment with regards to things like scopes of work in drawings. And the, quali- and, and the issue around the qualities or completeness of those. We may actually be able to put that to rest, and that would be like just one of the greatest things ever in our industry.
2: Uh, I, well, I, I do want to say there are some fundamentals that still exist in our industry, you know. Yeah. So having a defined scope of work and designing and building to a scope of work where all of the stakeholders on our project are aligned and agree on that scope of work is going to be fundamental, whether whether to to a successful project, whether uh, you know or not we use technology or not. So, but it could certainly enable us to have a better defined and more alignment around that scope definition and mm-hmm. and do it quicker. Mm-hmm in the future. And so that's where I would think that technology would enable us in that arena. But again, even the pyramids, right? Mm-hmm. Fundamental, you know, the pyramids are going to be shaped like this and that, you know, there was some definite scope definition there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This has been exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, we didn't laugh quite as much as I thought we might, but your viewpoint, the wisdom you shared around, again, we talked almost entirely about people, and things that relate to people. And I think the way you cued it up with your initial remarks is magnificent. Folks will want to listen to this conversation to hear you and to be encouraged that someone who provided great thought leadership for decades and serving this industry still has caring and interest in where this industry is and where it's going. So I thank you very much for taking your time today to talk with me.
2: Well, thank you, Dennis. I love this industry. It's been incredibly good to me. And the people in this industry are what makes it incredible. And so it's been a great discussion and conversation. I just thank you for helping me to be a part of it. My
1: pleasure. Take care.
0: Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of softest steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at dennisdurandspeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book softest steel on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran.
1: Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.